0: Welcome back to the Pillars of Smoke podcast. My name is Sam.
1: And I'm back.
0: Let's get it. My old man, said old man, spent
1: his life living off the land. Dirty hands and a clean soul. It breaks his heart seeing foreign
0: cars filled with fuel. It is an hour.
1: Hey, uh, welcome back to the Pillars of Smoke podcast.
0: We've been on a slight hiatus, but we are back into the roll of things, and we got a lot of good stuff planned for y'all.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I think we're scheduled all the way through uh, April oh, yeah. of next year. Oh, yes. So like, Easter. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We so got some gonna good be, stuff.
0: It's going to be good, so stay tuned, y'all. We're oh, coming yeah. in hard. Oh, yeah. Coming we definitely
1: missed you guys.
0: But we needed a break. There was a... Uh, tumultuous summer
1: it was a busy a busy summer oh yes what were you up to Mac? working (laughs) (laughs) i've been working well no not really i was playing golf most of the time oh wow no but i was working i was working a lot uh i have a lot going on with Mm -hmm. uh with my office so just trying to get things done squared away good but when i wasn't working Mm -hmm. i was playing golf hey oh yeah Nice. Oh, yeah. Pursuing my my PGA dream. Ah, oh, yeah. the one that will never come true. It will. You don't know. <laughs> Live might pick me up. Hey, that Live Tour. Let's go, bro. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts? Do you know what's going on with the PGA and Live? I don't. Oh, bro. There's this, like I'm just I'm gonna make it really simple. There's a there's a Saudi Arabian league. Right. That's backed by by the by the by the like by like Saudi prince or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing in. Billions wow. into this league, and he started to like pick up players from the PGA tour. So the PGA started banning these players that oh got picked gosh. up by Liv, so they can't play PGA tournaments.
0: So it's like the Chinese basketball issue all over again,
1: kind of, yeah. But <laughs> but Liv is paying, like, let's say, um, who was that? I think it was a DJ Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson. Um, those are big names, yeah, they're huge names, huge names uh DeChambeau wow uh, yeah 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 I think even like Ricky Fowler or something what? like that I think I, I'm not sure if Fowler's in there but um but they're paying between those three guys right they're paying like almost 500 million dollars wow. amongst those three guys I think Phil Mickelson got like 160 uh almost 200 million DJ got like 160, and I I think the Shambo got like 150 or something like that. That's stupid money, and and it's like guaranteed money, like whether they win or lose. Whether they win or lose, it's guaranteed money. This is what you're gonna get paid to play these tournaments, plus the the payouts from the tournaments. And endorsement
0: deals and everything else.
1: Yeah, so um, I think I saw not too long ago a little article came out on the difference in revenue. So the Saudi dude has put in $960 million or something like that. What? Um, into into the bored. league. And then the PGA... No, I think he's put in a billion dollars into the league. And, wow. the, and the PGA's total aggregate revenue was just shy of $900 million. Oof. So, I mean, this one dude has been bankrolling the the live tour which is phenomenal I, and, I, and the payouts are, are stupendous like even if you get like last place you're gonna get like 50 grand just for like coming in last place that's and it's a, hundreds of players but
0: that's, that's a salary
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i would love to get picked up by live bro
0: oh man man what do you think makes a makes a healthy golf league
1: a healthy golf league
0: yeah a billions of dollars well i mean besides <laughs> billions of dollars but oh like, jesus oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, i'm just kidding um a healthy golf league a that's a good question league. uh what's a healthy golf league? Like, the,
0: what, what would you say like three characteristics of a healthy golf league uh
1: you know um i would say good competition okay Yeah, good competition. Um, I would probably also throw in their incentive.
0: Competition, do you mean by like the players. players that they have yeah, coming good, in?
1: Yeah, good quality players Okay. Uh, for the tournament. like Very competitive. Good amount of incentive for the players to be con- competitive. So make it worth their while. Right. And then finally, I think that um, a good fan base mm. would be... Um,
0: That's important. That's huge.
1: Very important for 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 sports and for spectator sports, which golf isn't necessarily a big spectator sport. It's not a big spectator sport. But it's getting bigger. It is. And I think the the healthy thing with Live versus PGA and all these things is that Live is popularizing golf for for like younger the younger people. Yeah, like younger spectators. It's making it very uh, I don't know, very fun. Mm. So that's what I think. But I, those are my three. Um, those are my three thoughts on what makes a good, uh, a good golf. Mm. Um,
0: I don't know much about golf, so I can't.
1: I, I was can't just going to ask you, what do you I think? Can't, <laughs> I can't weigh in on that. I can't weigh in. I think
0: for me, it'd probably be like, I mean, just just like throwing it in there without any knowledge whatsoever. I'd probably say good players. Uh, I mean, and that's that's any sport really. Like, you want a healthy league, you need good players. You need good players. Like. Uh, this is the thing. This is the whole thing. Would be a good one as well.
1: Like, you want good players, you need to pay them. Oh, absolutely. And if there's a league out there that's willing to pay them more, why shouldn't they go and mm. go to that league? Now, how <laughs> Especially much is when that league is like bringing in
0: like younger viewers? Now, how much is like passion deal into that as like a player?
1: Good players are going to have passion for it.
0: Right. So So I, so would you so would you say that if the players have a passion for what they're doing? and how they're playing the sport and how they're going about it and their good camaraderie and everything else that's kind of what really makes it healthy
1: absolutely Oof. i think good uh but that again that that comes in with um the quality of the player right if the quality of the player of a good player is completely and wholly committed to um to his, this is his career. This yeah. is what they live off of. Right. If they're fully committed to it, they're going to be very passionate about it. They're going to pursue it as hard as possible. They're just going to devote all of their time, energy to to maximizing their time, um, uh, maximizing their game, mm-hmm. focusing on on the weaknesses of their game, and mm-hmm. and and just getting to that level of of good competition and being competitive within their Within their sphere of influence, mm. and within within uh, the other the other competitors around them. Right. That's those are my thoughts, but no, no, Here's a good
0: segue into our topic. Oh yeah, and uh, hope you guys stick around for this one because this is going to be a really good topic that we're going to be covering over the next few weeks. Um, how does that play into the church? Like, what is what does Ugh. a healthy church look like? Well, how does, <laughs> like. Like, how does passion play into it? How does the people play into it? How does it... You know, because the church is not necessarily something that we, like, live off of in terms of money. Yeah. But we do live off of it spiritually. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, like, what would you say makes a healthy church? What are your Man. three characteristics of a healthy church? I can give you nine. No, I'm ah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hint. Hey, hint <laughs> <Easter>. over <there>. <laughs> <laughs> So...
1: You know, I if you were to ask me, and you are asking me, um, good characteristics or characteristics characteristics of a good healthy church, without knowing what I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say um, there has to be, bar none, there has to be good Bible teaching. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Secondly. There has there have to be Christians within this church that are um, that are pursuing Jesus mm. thoroughly, and that's the key word. They are thoroughly and intentionally pursuing Jesus. And then finally, I would probably say that the leadership of the church should be or has to be um, also pursuing Jesus. Um, passionately, Mm. but that, that kind of like ties into, into the second one. Right. I would probably say with, you know, with tying those two together, um, a third one, uh, would probably be, um, off the top of my head. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) like i'm trying to think seriously and only like funny things are popping into my mind like good potlucks i'm a good southern baptist bro we believe in potlucks
0: good food everyone Uh, bring a dish
1: no i think uh i would probably say uh good fellowship fellowship. within the within the congregation Mm. Uh, you can have a congregation of of believers who are passionately pursuing jesus
0: but if there's no fellowship but
1: if there isn't good fellowship within that congregation it just it's not going to be complete Hmm. if if that makes sense yes absolutely so those those are three important
0: uh i think i think i would agree with you that on that solid bible teaching mm -hmm. passionate believers and good fellowship like those are those are three really really good ones and i think well not i think i know that our topic for today has to do with Bible teaching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! Oh,
1: yeah. Give it to us. Yeah.
0: So uh, he kind of hinted at it before, uh, and that's why we kind of ask these questions. Uh, We will be – there's an amazing pastor named Mark Dever. Oh, yeah. Uh, He wrote a book called The Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. And, you know, in this book, he says, you know, these are not the –
1: is all be, be all. all
0: be all end all for for uh for any church for any church on like what a healthy church is because there's a lot of different components that mm-hmm. make up a healthy church. But these are what he finds to be the nine biggest points of a healthy church. So these this series is really gonna be for you guys on what is the point of church? Essentially, you know, does your church look healthy? You know and it's not necessarily we you know it's not necessarily a thing that we want you guys to go away and like analyze your church and scrutinize every single detail about who they are and what they do and everything else and their leadership and all that stuff and then walk away absolutely not this is more for the edification and building up of the church so we would hope that in these next few weeks you guys would listen to these and if you do analyze your church ask yourself one question who can I talk to
1: and how can I help mm. my church in these areas? That's really good. I love that. You know, very uh, often when I've had conversations with people um, that are sometimes disgruntled with mm-hmm. their church and they're maybe a little um, antagonistic toward their church, whether it be uh, church politics or interpersonal issues with other believers or, or anything like that, the first thing that comes into, that that, that always comes into play is I want to look for a new church and just go why like they (laughs) want to leave just because they're a little disgruntled they 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 think that grass is greener on the other side and that's completely contrary Contrary. to the church grass is not always greener on Mm -hmm. the other Mm -hmm. side um but then secondly that's always what i follow up with like when i when i have conversations with these people i'm like Mm -hmm. why do you want to leave is it because there's something doctrinally and theologically wrong with this church like heresies being preached no but the pastor said this and he told me that and i had an argument with this member and it's just it's just weird Mm -hmm. so what happens there is we don't learn as christians to deal with problems and issues within the church in a godly way Mm. we believe that running away from the issues is the answer um And we mask that with, oh, I just want to go to a godlier place. I want to go Mm -hmm. to a place that worships better. I want to go to a place with better music or better musical experience, better preaching. And we mask it with a whole bunch of things, but deep down internally, we don't want to deal with the issues at hand Mm -hmm. in a godly way. Do, um, uh, you know, resolve the issues in a way that that is appropriate with scripture. Give, show forgiveness and Mm -hmm. grace in certain areas where we know we have to and then lastly what happens a lot is that by leaving your church just because you're slightly disgruntled or something happened you are belittling the power of god in not only conflict resolution but allowing you and other people to step into things Mm. in faith so if there's a big gap or a big issue within your church like you said is that something that you can help resolve? Is that, is that mm-hmm. a role that you can step into? Is, that a, is there someone there that you can disciple? And then, you know, it. you don't know what the Lord can do with that. Absolutely.
0: Man, this is going to be a good series. Mm. This is going to be a really good one. So, what's the point of church? First nine, first mark of a healthy church that Mark Dever points out. And I will absolutely wholeheartedly agree with him in this. And I will die on that hill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: expositional preaching
1: 100 percent.
0: the first all mark of long. a healthy church is what does their preaching look like what are they teaching you yeah what on a sunday when you go in is it all fluff and good-hearted messages or is it actually scripture convicting you uh and i, I and you know i love what he puts here and i would encourage every single person to go read this book um but he kind of highlights four things that uh the word of god does Mm -hmm. within expositional preaching uh it's just bringing life into the church uh the role of god's word in preaching itself the word of god's the role of god's word in sanctifying the church and then the role of the preacher of god's word that's huge 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 marks so i think uh one of the one of like the key things that he says here i'm just gonna uh, quote it directly uh, he says, "What really makes a good church? How you would be amazed at how widely the answers vary. They range from friendliness to financial planning to pristine bathrooms to pleasant surroundings <laughs> to vibrant music to being sensitive to visitors to plentiful parking to exciting children's programs to elaborate Sunday school options to the right to the right computer software to clear signage to homogenous congregations." And then he just kind of ends it with, "All of this falls into place yep. with." expositional preaching at the helm absolutely so if i look at expositional preaching mag tell us what are like the two main
1: types of preaching okay so we have expositional what's mm-hmm, the other topical so expositional preaching or right let's start with topical mm-hmm. topical preaching is to put it in layman's terms it's mid it just doesn't hit, bro. It just doesn't hit as hard. it doesn't hit oh, as my. hard. It's not That's as true. good. It's not. It's not as good. It doesn't hit as hard. It's not convicting. It doesn't. It doesn't extract from scripture. It extracts from people's sinful nature mm-hmm. and tries to put a bandaid over it with scripture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense, but.
0: So, so, here, Dever says, a topical sermon, uh, a topical sermon, still a topical sermon, uh, he says, because the preacher knows what he wants to say, and he is going to, he is going into the Bible to see what he can find to say about it.
1: Yeah. Which is, Whoa. which is, which is crazy, because it's not necessarily what, what the Lord intended. Now, are there... Topics in Scripture, absolutely, that are very good for a congregation to hear. That should be preached, absolutely, one hundred percent. But if every single Sunday's message, if every series is based on a topic, rather than the absolute Word of God and going through Mm -hmm. it systematically according to how the Lord wrote it, Mm -hmm. then, bro, you're what's happening here is you're belittling God's Word. Mm. You're you're reducing it to Solving your problems, rather than sanctifying an individual from a sinful nature to the image of Christ. Mm. God's word is designed to change you from the inside out, not Absolutely. to put a bandage, not to put a bandage over over our sinful nature, mm. which that bandage is eventually going to fall off. Right. So topical preaching even though you know it's not my favorite I've heard some topical messages bro that absolutely slap Oh, for I sure. mean they're a fire but there's the topical they're very there's very it's far in between right
0: and then few in between and then the issue also with topical preaching is you know you have the difference between eisegesis and exegesis uh, absolutely and where exegesis is like like that clear deep thought out thought out interpretation of scripture mm-hmm. and eisegesis you're just Throw in your own thoughts and ideas into what a passage says. Exactly. So it's like with a lot of topical preaching, the issue that you come encounter with is <laughs> best one Philippians 4 13.
1: Oh, gosh. I can
0: do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, man. How I have heard that used so many times
1: no, out I, of context. Me personally, what I love to do is whenever I hear that, it's okay, read the verse right before that. Mm hmm. Re- just the verse right before that
0: I have learned to be content in every circumstance because I can do all things through Christ drink bro
1: like in all I'll circumstances I've had I've had <laughs> met, I've had much and I've had I've had plenty and I've had little I've learned to be content in mm-hmm. all circumstances so that's that's a great example of, of isogesis and exegesis it's it's a pastor basically being thrown into his office mm-hmm and all he has is the word of God. Get into it. Study it. Let it transform you. Mm-hmm. Let it change you. I, I know that for a lot of people out there, for a lot of worship leaders out there, Michael W. Smith has a great quote, and it's You can't lead someone to a worshipful place that you haven't been to. Oof. Same thing translates to a pastor. Absolutely. You cannot lead a congregation in the intricacies and the depths of the word of god if you haven't been there first Mm -hmm. you can't it absolutely you you absolutely cannot do that no you can't for for and i know there's few pastors out there but some of them might be wrestling with a passage for two or three days and think that's enough yeah it's absolutely not enough no two or three days of wrestling with a passage when you know you got to preach on sunday morning is not enough. Spend, bro, spend some time in that passage. Spend some time in, in, in that prayer room. Mm-hmm. Get on your knees and ask the Lord and for the Holy Spirit to clarify the words of God for you. Because it's the very word of God. Yeah, It's the only way to do it. So, I said Jesus, is, it, it was, you know, when we when we try to interpret God's word through our own presuppositions exegesis is explaining God's word using God's word right it's actually just it you're, you're reading the passage for the passage
0: and the theme that comes out of that passage is what you use to preach absolutely and it's I I, I like what Dever says here in the, in this chapter where he says um, a preacher who only does topical sermons is stifling hindering the growth of his congregation yeah he's hindering the growth of his congregation because the congregation is only ever going to grow to the level of the preacher and not to the level that god wants mm. them to grow to because Absolutely. he is no
1: longer using the word of god to preach and that's that's that role in, in sanctifying that's the role in sanctifying that's what expositional preaching is doing it's taking the word of god and putting pushing it in it. And, and pushing it upon people with that with that quote he did say in that quote that it transforms people into not it doesn't trans well yes it starts getting people to think the way that the pastor thinks yes and if the pastor's thinking incorrectly or inconsistently inconsistently with scripture then your congregation's being led astray mm. you have to let the word of god clarify itself there's going to be portions in scripture that are gonna be a little more challenging to preach, but that's the beauty of it. Because it's God's word. Mm. We didn't come up with it. Right. So and, it's gonna transform us into the image of
0: God. And 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 the beauty in expositional preaching is that as the pastor is studying, uh, his mind is constantly being shaped and formed. Absolutely by the word of God. Absolutely. So it's you know it's it's a beautiful thing with exposition and this is one of the reasons why i always kind of push the the vanderbilt lectionary mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's uh you're reading scripture for what scripture is and whatever and you're always going to get something out of
1: it 100%
0: like the lord is always going to show you something brand new every time you read his word and it's you take that and you teach it to your congregation and your congregation is going to take that and it's going to be cut by it. and It's going to be sanctified by that and they're going to be convicted by it and their lives are going to change from that. It's going to bring life giving breath
1: Absolutely. into your
0: congregation from expositional preaching because you're no longer relying on your own self. To develop these messages you're purely just relying on the word of god and everything that god has to say within his holy scripture well
1: i mean i mean check this out let's go look at let's look at god's word real quick and it says in uh psalm 119 105 your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and likewise in uh in john seventeen seventeen, it says sanctify them by the truth mm. your word is truth i mean it doesn't get any more clearer than uh it doesn't get any more clearer than that we need to be sanctified through the word of god not through the word of man Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it's very easy for 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 pastors to become complacent with with their with their role and their and their teaching abilities where they you know there's there's a lot of pastors out there who are extraordinary communicators oh they're so good at just communicating with people and engaging with people but when it comes to preaching the bible it doesn't matter how good of a communicator you are you don't need to be a good communicator in order to be a good bible teacher Mm -hmm. and that's in uh and and this is a passage that we have uh You know, this is, every time I think about um, pastors and preachers and teachers, this passage always comes to my mind. And it's, uh, sorry, give me a second. Don't rush me. All right. (laughs) All right, ready? Go ahead. (laughs) All right. And it's 2 Timothy, Ah. uh, uh, chapter uh, chapter 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, Mm. for reproof, Mm. for correction, Mm. and for training in righteousness. Mm. That the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. I mean, it doesn't say in there... That the man of God is going to be um, a good communicator. That they are going to be competent and equipped by the good teaching of the Word of God. That all Scripture, no, not just the the easy parts, not just not just you know, um, Ephesians or Galatians or or some of the Gospels, mm-hmm. but every part. Every Romans part chapter eight, part. Romans chapter nine, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Genesis, Numbers, all Scripture, Revelation, even the complicated parts, Mm -hmm. are going to be edifying for the church. Absolutely. And they need to be preached thoroughly Mm -hmm. and completely.
0: So, this is what I'll say. If you're looking for a church, find a church that has really good Bible teaching. Mm -hmm. If you're currently in a church and you're worried about the Bible teaching... Look at how they're teaching. Look at what they're doing. If it's constant topics, if there's no expositional preaching going on at all, whatsoever, you may want to consider finding a new one because you're not going to grow much in there. And I'll say this, uh, be, it's it's the role of the preacher uh, because a lot of this does fall on the preacher. So for preachers out there and pastors who are constantly preaching, uh, I commend you guys. It is a difficult job to do. It is. It uh, is. Whether even even if you're building topical sermons, like it's still difficult to craft together a sermon. But I will give you this encouragement. Uh, it says, if you are looking for a good church, the role of the preacher of God's word is the most important thing to consider. I don't care how friendly you think the church members are. I don't care how good you think the music is. Those things can change, but the congregation's commitment to the centrality of the word coming from the front. From the preacher, the one specially gifted by God and called to that ministry, is the most important thing you can look for Amen. in a church. Awesome. So to congregants, to lay people, uh, other, other terms would be church member, uh, man, look a for parishioner. that. Parishioner. Parishioner. <laughs> uh, look for that in your church. Yeah. Look look to make sure that the word of God is being preached fully and with
1: without integrity
0: hindrance. without yeah. hindrance and then to your to you preachers man an encouragement to you guys you have an outstanding job that God has gifted you to do you have been ordained to be in that position by the Lord you have been seen by your church to do it faithfully do it faithfully yeah. preach the word of God in its full counsel don't fluff it
1: mm. that's good stuff right there that's hard hitting the More to come. That's the first one, bro. That's the first one. I can't wait for the next ones. Eight more to go. Eight more. Love you guys.
0: He's just made in America.